everybody. Happy Mother's Day. All the moms doing good this morning? I hope so. I hope that your family treats you real good today, all right? If they don't, you come report them to me, all right? I'll get on them for you. Well, welcome to Landmark Baptist Church. Let's all stand. We're going to uh, just worship the Lord with some music this morning. We're going to start with a little victory in Jesus. Amen.
Aren't you glad that he's your way maker this morning? Amen. Let's take just a moment, if you would, put a smile on your face, find a mama in the house and say, Mama, you sure do look good this morning, all right? Tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning. and be seated. All right. Well, it is wonderful to see everybody. Uh, let me, uh, let me just, we got a few announcements. I wanted to read you this. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to come to our revival, uh, man, don't miss it next year. You missed a great, uh, great revival. We had eight pray to receive Christ during the week and uh, got saved. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a big hand on that. And uh, brother, brother Herman has just become very special to us, and uh, just uh, we love him. And he sent this, uh, he sent this note uh, back to our church family. He says this, dear Landmark family, what an honor and a blessing it was this week with you wonderful folks. Everything was just the way that God planned it. The meals, the music, the crowds, and those that were saved. I really appreciated Brother Martin getting those kids there, those that helped him by driving the bus. It never fails if you get lost people to church, somebody will get saved. I love Brother Mark and Julie. They are truly some of the very best. Uh, the music this week was outstanding. Thank you so much for the wonderful offering that you gave. You have a giving heart, and it showed. Thank you. Each of you will always hold a special place in my heart. Love you much. And again, a big thank you, Brother Herman Kramer. Amen. So give Brother Herman a big hand if you would. Well, first of all, I know we have some visitors uh, because of Mother's Day today, and we're so glad you're here. But we want to get a record of your visit. We don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to get a record of your visit. So you'll just lift up a hand if you're a first or second time visitor. Uh, one of our ushers will get you a visitor's card. Got a couple right there. Got some right there. And uh, they will get you a card. Please fill that out when you get that card. Put it in the offering basket at the end of the service. And uh, we are so glad that you're here today. Uh, don't forget, every Wednesday we have a full slate of events. Uh, every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., we have Bible study. And uh, come, bring donuts. If you bring donuts, I promise I will help you eat them. Uh, and we, have a, we always have a good time, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Then on Wednesday nights, we have a full schedule here. We have a dinner at 6 p.m. And then at 7 o'clock, the youth have a service in here, and the kids have a service in the middle, and we have adult Bible study in the fellowship hall. So please come on Wednesday night and take advantage. Don't forget also, we have Sunday school for all ages available at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, so come just a little bit earlier, 
and uh, get in on Sunday school. Uh, don't forget that giving can be done live uh, here with an envelope. Uh, you can pay with cash or check, put it in an envelope, and put it in the basket at the end of the service. Or you can give online. Uh, you do that by going to giving.landmarktyler.com, and it's a one-time setup, and uh, you can give with a credit or debit card there. Uh, big thanks to everyone who make, uh, helped make our revival a big success. Like we said, eight professions of faith and a wonderful revival. Uh, all of our mothers today, we're going to end today. I'm going to preach at you at, at all the mothers today, and I'm going to tell you how good you are, all right? Uh, so, so take it easy. I'm going to give you give you good compliments today. And uh, then we have a free gift for all the mothers, and I'd like to end today by having all the mothers uh, come get your free gift and come to the front. We're going to pray over all of our mothers because they have one of the most important jobs that you'll ever have in this world. Amen. Uh, so uh, we want to honor all of our mothers this morning. Uh, don't forget we have a church-wide picnic and baptisms on Sunday, June the 19th. So put that on your calendar. We'll be out at the Green Acres Retreat Center on Lake Tyler, and uh, we will be having a big meal. We'll feed everybody for free, and then we will have baptisms in the lake. We'll have uh, some fun stuff out there for everybody to do uh, and have a wonderful time there. Uh, the Life Recovery class is not meeting today due to Mother's Day. Uh, normally that meets at 2 o'clock on Sundays, but uh, we're going to give you a break today with it being Mother's Day today, all right? All right, let's stand if you would. We're going to continue to worship, and we're going to sing the song called We Praise You.
may be seated. I'm going to teach you a new song today. It's called I Speak Jesus. Says, because your name is power, the name of Jesus. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burns like a fire. The bridge. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. Today, is all about him. I know it's Mother's Day, but we wouldn't be here without Jesus. So we're all about praising Jesus today. Okay, let's do this song.
say Jesus. Amen. Julie, pray for us. Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for each mom that's here represented, Lord. We thank you for our moms, some of us that don't have our moms anymore, but we praise you anyway because we know that they're with you having the best Mother's Day. Lord, I thank you for each person here, God. I pray that you would just open all of our hearts to your word, whatever you have to say to us this morning, I just pray that you would just speak to us individually, God. I just pray that um, you would just be glorified as we have lifted your name, Jesus, up today. And I pray for the remainder of this day that we would all go to places and celebrate. Because if it weren't for you, Jesus, we wouldn't be here today. So have your will and your way in this place this morning, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if you've got children, we have wonderful children's church for you. Miss Cindy's at the door over there. If you will just go on over there with her and uh, give a big hand to our children's workers who always work so tirelessly. They are here every week, every week doing their job. Amen. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's pretty awesome. 
That makes, that makes mom and daddy feel good, doesn't it? Amen. That is wonderful. Well, happy Mother's Day, and I, I did want to uh, just share some things with you this morning about Mother's Day, and just uh, I think all of us probably uh, have good things to say about our mothers. I think most of us probably had a, a great mother, and uh, mothers just... Uh, Mothers just show us love. Many times mothers are that example of unconditional love, aren't they? Mothers are that example of just showing us what real love is and loving your children. Thank you, ma'am. If you missed it, I spilled my coffee during the prayer, so uh, that was just for you. That's the devil. He's, he's trying to distract me and get my attention this morning. Um, this is a tough message. Uh, as many of you know, I lost my mom back about five, six months ago. So this is our first Mother's Day without, without Mimi, and uh, uh, so it's tough. But I, I want to tell you this, in as much as we have a hard time, if your mother has gone on to be with the Lord, uh, man, as Christians, we have the hope of heaven. And uh, I miss my mom because I miss my mom. I would never wish her back because she's in a better place. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow. And uh, so I rejoice with her. She wouldn't want me to cry. She wouldn't want me to be sad today. She'd want me to be happy for her that she's, she's with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I, I pass that hope on to all of you who've, whose mothers have gone on. But uh, I want to encourage uh, those of you that are here in the room that are mothers and fathers. I didn't want to leave the mothers. Uh, I didn't want to just leave the fathers out today where you just would tune me out. So really everything I'm going to say today ha has to do with mothers and fathers. So I just labeled it the qualities of a good mother and a father. All right. And I could also add to that a good grandparent, a good great-grandparent. If you're involved with kids at all, if you're involved with family at all, really all of these things apply into what we should strive for in our lives. Um, first of all, let's look at somebody's mother from the Bible, amen? There's a lot of mothers in the Bible, some good, uh, some not so good, some kind of evil, in fact, amen? Uh, some people have the, uh, the, um, the thought that, well, if it's in the Bible, God approves of it. No, God just, uh, pretty much the Bible is the history book, and it tells everything, and it doesn't necessarily mean that God approved of everything that went in there. So you had some good mothers, and you had some bad mothers, all right? We're going to look at uh, a good mother, all right? Uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. That's going to be our verse for today. And Paul is writing a letter to his brother Timothy, because most likely Timothy was really struggling. Uh, Timothy was a church planner. He had gone to plant a church, and Timothy was probably just having a hard time. He was struggling. Uh, the people didn't want to listen to him. Sometimes uh, if you're a preacher in the room or even, even if you're a mom and dad in the room, sometimes you're doing everything you need to do. You're doing all the right things, and your family just doesn't want to listen to you. Sometimes as the preacher, you're doing all you can do, and the church people just don't want to listen to you. And it can be very discouraging. It can be very discouraging. So Timothy was probably in a season of depression and discouragement, all right? And so Paul writes this to him in verses 1 through 7. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, this is why we... I think he was probably going through a hard time, that I may be filled with joy. 
when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, and this is the key verse right here, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, most of us have heard verse 7, but maybe you never read those verses prior to. And the first thing Paul does is he gives credit to a godly heritage in Timothy's life. And he mentions not only mom, right, but he also mentions grandma. Amen. And so uh, that's why I wanted to share this with you today. This, this message and what we should be striving for is not just for mothers. It should be for fathers, grandfathers, and grandmothers, uh, even great-grandparents, okay? Uh, because the important part is what do you pass down? Every one of us, whether you realize it or not, is passing down a heritage, it's either a good one or a bad one. Everybody in your life, whether you intentionally think you're doing it or not, you are passing down a heritage by what you do, by how you act, by how people are watching you. There are people in your family that are watching you. They're watching how you act and react. They're watching how you live your life. They're watching what the things are important. Now, here's the thing as parents that we understand. Kids are very sharp, aren't they? Kids are like sponges. And they soak up everything. Now, I can tell you this. Here is what I know does not work as a parent. Uh, the do as I say, not as I do. Kids see right through that immediately, don't, don't they? There were three kids in my family. And my daddy used to smoke Paul Malls. Anybody know Paul Malls? My daddy knew that Paul Malls were bad for him. My dad ended up dying of lung cancer. My dad knew. But he had started when he was 14, and he had smoked them all his life, and he knew, uh, he knew what they were doing to him. And he tried to stop many, many, many times, but he, he just never could quit. And my dad would do this. He'd say, now you kids, <coughs> I don't want to see y'all smoke. All right, it's bad for you. It will ruin your lungs. It will, it'll, it'll damage you. And my dad was being very earnest, but out of three kids, I'm the only one that doesn't smoke. And I might have ended up smoking if my head could have took it. Uh, the smell of cigarettes, especially those Paul Malls, gave me migraine headaches. Amen. Otherwise, I would might have been puffing too. Amen. But in other words, kids are very sharp. And, and they immediately can see right through all of our stuff. And so I can tell you this. The do what I say, not what I do act, kids see right through that. And they don't. They are catching what you do way more than they're hearing what you say. Now, that's not to say you don't tell them to do right and you don't speak those things into their life. But I'm here to tell you, they're learning a lot more by watching you and watching what your actions are and watching how you live your life. Uh, you're showing what you really believe by your actions, not necessarily by your words. Because it's very easy for us to say, well, I know I do this, but you don't do that. You do as I say, not as I do. And kids are way too smart to buy into that. They, they immediately pick up on what we do. Um, Timothy had a good mother and a good grandmother. And Paul is writing to Timothy because he was discouraged and he needed uh, to be reminded of his rich godly heritage that had been passed down from his mother and his grandmother. So we're going to look today at eight different qualities of a good mother and a good father. Now, am I saying that everybody's going to uh, uh, 
get all these down right? No. Uh, am I saying that you are to be perfect to be a mother or a grandmother or a father or a grandmother? No. I'm saying these are the things that we all should be striving for. And maybe as we look at these things, you can look at your own mother and say, well, my mom, she was good at that. She was good. But listen, in this list, we're all going to be better at some of these things and not so good at other things. The key is to strive to get better at the things that we need to work on. All right, so eight things, all right? And I encourage you, write these down, uh, not because I've got anything great to say, but the Word of God has plenty to say. Uh, so either write them down, take notes, or take a picture on the screen there. Number one, a mother and a father should be godly. Not perfect, but righteous. What is righteous? Righteousness used to scare me. I used to think righteousness meant perfection. Well, I know I'm never going to be perfect. How many of you know you'll never be perfect? I know I'll never be perfect. I know I cannot live up to the perfection of Jesus Christ. But righteousness, that word used to scare me until somebody explained it to me. And if you break it down, righteousness, it simply means being in a rightness with God, being in a right relationship with him. In other words, keeping sin on a short leash. When I get out of line with God, to immediately get on my knees and say, Lord, I messed up. Please forgive me. Don't let it linger. Don't let it go on. Because the longer that you stay in unconfessed sin, the quicker Satan is going to pull you farther and farther away from God. So keep, keep sin on a short leash. Be godly. Don't be perfect, but be in a right relationship with God. All right? When sin enters your life, deal with it immediately. Most of us, we sin and we're kind of enjoying the sin, and so we say, well, I'll, I'll confess that, and I'll deal with that later. And then months down the road, we've, we look up and we go, why am I so far away from God? It's because we didn't handle it right off the bat. Immediately when sin enters your life, deal with it immediately, okay? So to be a godly person, to be a godly person. A person that prays and reads the Bible is a godly person, all right? I'm saying, do you, do you pray every day? Start. You may say, well, Brother Mark, I've never done that. Well, guess what? No better time to start than today. Do you want to be a more godly person? Would you like to be a better mother? Would you like to be a better father? Would you like to be a better grandmother, grandfather? It's never too late. Start right now. Start today. The wonderful thing about God is he is not interested in your past. He don't care about your past. Well, Brother Mark, you don't know what I did. That's, I, if, if I don't care, God sure don't care. Amen. You say, well, you don't know what's in my past. You don't know what all that does. Listen, it doesn't matter. God is not interested in your past. He's interested in what do you want to do from this day forward. And if you want to change things, if you want to make things better, you can start today. All right? Start by prayer. The best place to start is by praying to God every day. Well, I don't know how to pray. Well, guess what? Do you ever talk to anybody? Just talk to God just like you talk to somebody else. Just like you talk to your best friend. Just pretend like you're having a conversation on the phone. God is not interested in how holy you sound. Everybody looking at me? God is not interested in how holy you sound. You may say, well, I don't have the right flowery words, and I hear the preachers pray, and I hear the Sunday school teachers pray, and I can't pray like that. You don't have to pray like that. You know what the most precious prayer to God is? Jesus, help me. Lord, I'm in trouble, and I need you. That's the sweetest prayer that God loves to hear right there. When his children pray in earnest and they really mean it and they are meaning what they say. When you cry out for help, God loves to hear his children. So just pray to him just like you're talking to another person, all right? Read the Bible. Well, I don't know where to start. John. Start in the book of John. Most people know John 3.16. 
Guess what? That's in the book of John. And it's all about learning how to become a Christian and then how to grow as a Christian after you become a Christian. All right? So start in the third chapter of John. Great place to start if you've never read the Bible. All right? Number two, trust God for every need. A good mother will trust God for every need. Um, it's called faith. How do, you, how do we have more faith? Listen, my mother, I'll try not to cry again. This is first, first Mother's Day without her. But my mother was not perfect. But my mother was a prayer warrior. And even as she got sick, Sometimes she would get discouraged, and she'd say, well, you know, I'm just, I can't get out of the house. I can't do anything. I said, Mother, you can still do the most powerful thing you can do because I know you. And she kept her a prayer list by her chair, and she would get that prayer list, and she would keep it updated, and she would pray by name for people every single day. It's the most powerful thing you can do, and you can do it from a hospital bed. You can do it from anywhere. You, can, you're, you are not done, and it's not over until you take your last breath. We're always working for the Lord. We're always striving to be like him. And my mother was a woman of faith. My mom, and she, she confessed to me. She said, you know, when I was younger, I worried about stuff. I worried all the time. And she could still worry some when she got older, but she learned to let a lot of stuff go. And she said, I lear I've learned to just trust in the Lord a lot more. I've learned to trust in him for every, he's never let me down. He's never not met my need. Many of you, you worry about how you're going to pay this bill or how you're going to do the next big thing. And I can tell you, go back in your life and see, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Amen. God always comes through. Uh, you know, no matter what's happened in our life, financial stress, uh, spiritual stress, emotional stress, God has always shown up and he's always met my needs. Never had a bill go unpaid. Never had a need that was not met. God shows up. Trust God for every need. How many of your moms uh, were just a mom of great faith? She just believed that uh, everything was always going to work out. God always had it. Amen. All right. Uh, listen, that means physical needs, material needs, and emotional needs. I think we would all agree a mother can meet emotional needs that a father just doesn't have the capacity to meet. Mothers, by very nature, are nurturers, aren't they? They have that nurturing ability to just love you in spite of where you are. Amen. My mom, no matter how bad I messed up, no matter how much of a little, uh, little brat I was, my mother always loved me right where I was at. Even when I didn't deserve love, even when I was being a, a mean old little cuss, little kid, amen, my mom would love me right where I was at. If I brought home a bad report card, and it happened, I was not the greatest student. My mom loved me. She said, all I want you to do is try your best. You, I'm not asking you to make straight A's. I'm just, I'm just asking you give your very best. Do the very best you can. And if I know you're giving your best, I will be happy with it. And she loved me in spite of in spite of bad grades, in spite of not making, not making the sports team, in spite of whatever you may have failed at, your mother was always there. She was a shoulder to cry on, and she was always there, and she loved you no matter what. Amen. Isn't that what everybody in this room needs to be? We need to be that person of faith. A mother meets emotional needs a father cannot do. She never compares herself to somebody else. Mothers, never compare yourself to somebody else. Never compare your household. Well, you know, kids, 
we're poor. Don't announce to your family that you're poor, even if you are poor. How many of you know poor people that grew up and they never had any idea they were poor? It was because their mama never said that. It don't speak it into existence because that gets into your mindset. Amen? I know a lot of people that grew up with next to nothing, but they always had food on the table, and they never knew they were poor because mama never let them believe they were poor. Amen? Some, a lot of times that can be a mentality. That can be in your brain. Don't ever compare yourself to somebody. It doesn't matter what your neighbor has. Why are we all so consumed with keeping up with the Joneses? By the way, who are the Joneses? And why the heck are we trying to keep up with them anyway? Amen? Well, they got a bigger house, or they drive a nicer car, or they make more money. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they'll, be, they'll die one day, you'll die one day, you'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and there won't be any of that conversation about how big the house was, how much money they made, what kind of car they drove. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, the legacy that you leave in your kids, that's the one thing that'll stick around. Listen, not too, not too long from now, I'm going to be gone. Not too long from now, my wife's going to be gone. Not too long from now, all of these older folks in the room, we're going to be gone. And the only thing that will be left behind is your legacy. Your legacy. Just like with Lois and Eunice for Timothy. Your legacy and those kids and what you taught them and their, their life because of the life lessons that you taught them. That's the only thing you'll leave behind. Nobody... Five years after you're gone, nobody will remember what your house looked like, what car you drove, what kind of job you had. It will only matter what your legacy was that you left, all right? I loved what somebody said at a funeral. They said, uh, the only thing that people will remember on the day of your funeral is not what you did, how much money you made. The only thing that will matter on the day of your funeral is how you made people feel. How did you make people feel? Were you a person that people wanted to be around? Were you a person that blessed other people? Were you a person that encouraged other people? All right. Number three um, is to be generous towards others. To be generous towards others. My mother, and I'm going to reference my mother a lot because it's the only mother I got, so I'm going to tell you about my mother. She was very generous. My mother was very generous. Uh, now, my dad started his own business. That's why we moved to Tyler. My dad uh, and his brother had a nursery, grew plants, in Arlington, and then in 1973, we moved to Tyler because my dad wanted to go out and do his start his own business, but he didn't want to be in competition with his brother, so he agreed with his brother, I'll move far enough away, we won't be in competition. We moved to Tyler, and my dad started his nursery from scratch. And so we didn't have anything. I mean, we moved to Tyler, my dad spent all of his money on buying the property and getting that nursery started, and he started from scratch, and we had nothing those first few years. Now, I'm here to tell you, my mom and dad, they were faithful. They were faithful to God. They were faithful to tithe. They were faithful to trust in God. And God ended up, you can't outgive God, by the way. And God just blessed them and blessed them and blessed them. And they just kept being more generous. And so at first we had nothing. And then God blessed. And my mom and dad did very well for themselves. But they never stopped being generous. They helped many, many people. I had an aunt that came and lived with us for the last few years of her life. And my mom and dad took care of every bill of hers and paid for her. She had her own apartment so she could be independent. She had her own place. My mom and dad went out of their way to be generous to a, a lot of different people. And God always honored it. And I believe that's why they were blessed is because they never stopped being a blessing to other people. All right, be generous towards our. A generous heart is not selfish. A generous heart encourages others and it builds others up. 
Can I tell you there's a very important thing to being an encourager? Moms and dads, I think it's extremely important that you be uh, encouraging to your children. Now, my kids are all grown, but I still want to encourage them. I still want to tell them, uh, God loves you. He made you special. You can do anything you set your mind to. You can be anything you want to be, and you can do anything that God allows for you to do. And I encourage them in that. And it's very important as kids are small that you put that mindset in their head. You kids can do anything, anything. There is nothing outside of your reach. Trust in God. Give it to God. Put the work in. Do the work. But God can do it, and he is going to do anything you want to do. Uh, there's a huge difference. Why is it that some people grow up in a bad home, and one kid turns out to just kind of repeat the cycle and ends up in a bad place, and the other kid decides, I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to rise above it, and they end up using that to motivate them to become a success. That just goes to prove you. Two kids can grow up in the same household, but it's all about the mindset. Now, I want to tell you this. You'll make it a lot easier on your kids if you'll just encourage them from the very beginning. You can do anything you want to do. Nothing holds you back. The only limit to you is yourself. All right? Put that mindset in their, in their brain, okay? Um, a generous mother and a father, number four, obeys God. If God tells you to do it, be obedient to it. I shared with you about my mom and dad. They never stopped being faithful, even when my dad's business was trying to get off the ground. They never stopped tithing. They never stopped giving. They never stopped being generous. And you cannot outgive God. Here's a principle I've learned you cannot outgive God. If you're faithful to God, there is no doubt God will be faithful to you. And you can't outgive Him. And they just kept giving, and then God just kept blessing and blessing and blessing. Um, obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. If you leave the consequences to him, then you don't ever have to worry about it. Just trust him. Um, let me make reference here to one other thing, too. What kind of atmosphere is in your home? You ever walked in somebody's home and there's an immediate atmosphere? Whether you realize it or not, every home represented in this place today has an atmosphere to it. You may, may not want ever call it that, but... Every home has a feel to it. And so my question would be, what kind of atmosphere is in your home? Let me give you a list. Is there a, an atmosphere of freedom? Is there an atmosphere of welcoming? Is there an atmosphere of love in your home? Or maybe the atmosphere in your home is one of worry, tension, stress, everybody always at each other's throat. Whether you realize it or not, there is an atmosphere in your home. I, and I believe in spiritual warfare, and I believe many times it's the spirits we let into our home. If there is anger and bitterness in your home, that people will feel it. People will feel it when they walk in the house. And that, that's spiritual warfare. Amen. And so there will be spiritual warfare in your house. Uh, if you want to change the atmosphere of your home, change the atmosphere in your own heart and begin to change that. All right. Um, number five, be forgiving, be forgiving. Here's the hard thing. Moms, dads, your spouse is going to mess up. Your spouse is going to say the wrong thing. A lot of times, how do you know brother Mark? Cause I do it every, about every single day. Amen. I say the wrong thing. Stick my foot in my mouth. Amen. I speak when I should shut up, shut up when I should speak up. Amen. You can ask my wife. She'll agree. Say amen, honey. Amen. All right. There you go. Uh, your spouse is going to mess up. 
you have to become a professional at forgiving. If you're going to have a marriage that's going to survive, you have to become a professional at forgiving. If you are going to create an atmosphere of love in your home with your kids, you have to learn to let your kids fail. You have to let your kids understand that you're going to fail. Like I told you in that story with my mom, it didn't matter whether I came home with good grades or bad grades. I knew mama was going to love me. Now, she was probably going to let me know she wasn't happy with the grades, but I knew that she was going to love me in spite of myself. Her love was not going to be based on whether I made good grades or whether I made the sports team or whether I did this or whether I did that. Her love was going to be based that she just loved me no matter what. All right. And so uh, learn to be forgiving. And you may say, well, Brother Mark, you don't know the people in my house. I know. But I know my Jesus. And I know my Jesus has forgiven you a whole lot more than you needed to be forgiven of. He, gave, he forgave you of all of it. His blood covers your sins and my sins. And the Bible says this, that if we come to him and we ask for his forgiveness, he casts our sin of what? As far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. Did you catch that? To be remembered no more. All right? As humans, we're very good at forgiving sometimes, but that whole forgive and forget thing, I may forgive you. When my wife says something or does something wrong to me, Oh, honey, I forgive you, but guess what? I got a filing cabinet up here, and I am filing it away for when I need it. Amen? That's not forget. You, when you forgive, you need to forgive and forget because that's the way God did it with you. Amen? He cast his, your sin away as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. Learn to be forgiving. All right? An unforgiving spirit, if you have an unforgiving spirit, that will be passed down to your children. That will be passed down to your family members. Uh, it will be passed down to everyone in the home. Jesus Christ has given you the capacity to forgive anybody no matter what. Now listen, many of you may say, well, Brother Mark, I've had very traumatic experiences. I am sorry about that, and I would never want to push that under the rug or pretend like that didn't happen. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus gives you the capacity to forgive anybody. You say, well, where do you get that from, Brother Mark? You remember Jesus hanging on a cross? You remember the story from the Bible where Jesus is hanging on the cross and he looks down and all those people standing down there are the ones who just nailed him to that cross, pulled the hair out of his beard, beat him so much that you couldn't recognize his face, ripped the flesh off of his back, spit in his face, crammed a crown of thorns on his head, beat him, pierced his side, did everything to him imaginable. And what does he say? Father, what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. You have the capacity through Jesus Christ to forgive anybody of anything. He set the example. You and I can do it. I'm sorry if terrible things have happened to you. I'm sorry if you've had to be the victim of physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus gives you the capacity to go on. You don't have to live in that. Jesus gives you the capacity, capacity to forgive and go on. All right? Uh, be forgiving. Number six, be persistent. Be persistent. Can I tell you this? If you've not discovered it yet, being a mom and a dad is hard work. You believe that? Being a mom and a dad is hard work. And guess what? You can't be wishy-washy as a parent. If you're going to raise your kids to do the right thing, you have to be consistent and you have to be persistent. You have to be there 
day in, day out. When is a day off from your kids? There ain't no such thing, is there? You may say, well, I go on vacation, I leave with somebody. Guess what? They'll call you on the phone. Every time I tried to get away from my kids, they call me on the phone. Amen? They're always there. They're always bugging you. They're always, and you wait till you leave town. That's when they're going to act the worst. Amen? And so you don't get a day off. It's always there, and you have to be persistent. Listen, and I'll, I'll use the analogy of this, and I've, I've used this before. Uh, I don't feel like getting up here and preaching every Sunday. If I only got up here and preached on the days I felt like it, I'd probably only be up here about half the time, amen? Because there's Sundays I just don't feel like it. I, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. Uh, it's, is anybody really listening? Is anybody really getting anything out of it? Why am I wasting my time? Why am I wasting their time? Does anybody really want to hear what I have to say anyway? And I'm here to tell you, but here's the thing. When you have a calling, when you have a calling, you show up for that calling and you do it because you've been called to do it. Well, guess what? Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, you have a calling. And you've been called to do it. It doesn't matter whether you feel like getting up and doing it. When everybody in the house is sick, what would mom do? I remember this. This happened in my home. Everybody in the house had the flu. But my mom would get up. And she'd drag herself into that kitchen. And she would make a pot of oatmeal. And she'd get orange juice for everybody. And she would take care of everybody else, even though she was as sick as everybody else in the house. Why? Because she had a calling and she knew somebody had to get up and do it. Somebody's got to show up every single day. Guess what? Show up. Be persistent. Be consistent. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. You know the reason I show up here every Sunday, even on the Sundays I don't feel like it? Because I've been called to it and I know that God called me to it and I'm going to follow it through. All right? I know that this church is counting on me to show up on Sunday. I know that God's counting on me to show up and be here and do this. I know, and it's the same thing in your house and with your family. Your kids are counting on you. Your spouse is counting on you. Your family is counting on you. Nobody, listen, we all have gripes and complaints. But can I tell you, nobody's going to listen to them because everybody's got their own gripes and complaints. Just suck it up and show up and do what you're supposed to do. Amen? Moms, dads, church members. Hello, uh-oh, now let's get personal. God's called all of us to be here. Listen, what I find is the older generation that's passing away, they, they understood what it was to be, when the, it says, the, it, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. They know, show up. And unless I'm sick and going to spread to somebody else, I show up. But guess what? As each generation goes, less and less and less. Listen. Just show up. Just be faithful. Whatever it is, show up, be persistent, and be consistent, and show up. All right. I'm going to get on a whole other sermon. I better get off of that one. All right. Uh, number seven, be a servant. Guess who was a servant? Jesus was a servant, and he was the prime example for you. Jesus was a servant. He served those he lived with, and he gave of himself. Do you remember one of the last things Jesus did right before he went to the cross? They had a thing called the Last Supper. You remember the Last Supper? And he gets all of them together, and it was a Passover feast. And so they all get together. And what is Jesus? They come in the room, and what does Jesus do? Remember? He washes their feet. That was the lowliest servant 
the lowliest slave or servant that was their job because your feet were nasty. There were no paved roads, and there were donkeys and camels and all kinds of things. So it was a, on your feet was a mixture of dirt and, uh, and all the stuff that comes with donkeys and camels and all that. And, uh, and so it was a nasty job. And it was the lowest servant in the household. But what was Jesus trying to show to them? He was showing them, I'm not above it. He who is last shall be first, and the first shall be last. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others. So if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me and you. Amen. Be a servant to your spouse. Be a servant to your kids. Be a servant to your family. And then the last one is probably the most important, and I've already been making reference to it through the whole sermon, and it is this, love unconditionally. Now, the key word there is not love. It's the unconditionally part. We all have the capacity to love, and we tend to love the people that love us back, right? Uh, we tend to love when love is shown back to us, but that word unconditionally takes it to the next level. Jesus learned to love unconditionally. That means even when the love is not coming back to you, all right? Uh, learning to love someone you don't like. Now, that may sound totally foreign to you. How do you learn to love someone you don't like? You, you, surely you can't love them if you don't like them. Listen, uh, uh, this is probably one of the most uh, misquoted things and misread things in the Bible. Jesus commanded us to love one another. I don't think he ever commanded that we were going to like each other. There are many people... Uh, I love you because Jesus loves you, but guess what? There are some people, it's, it's a lot harder to love them than it is other people. The people that will send love back to you, those are the easy people to love. And if you do that, you're, you're not doing anything different than the rest of the world. But if you want to know how much Jesus you got, how do you love the people who you don't like? How do you love the people who rub you the wrong way? How do you love the people who uh, don't necessarily love you back and maybe even you consider them an enemy? What did Jesus command? Love your enemies. How is that even possible? It's because it's not It's loving unconditionally means I love you regardless of whether the love is coming back to me or not. And so we must learn to love unconditionally. You must show this to your family by your actions. Say it, do it, show love. Julie, you can come. Love unconditionally. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Now, you may be here this morning just because somebody drug you here. But guess what? That's okay. Because the Lord speaks to us in a lot of ways. The night I got saved, it was because somebody invited me. Somebody drug me. I really didn't want to go. But while I was there, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Changed my life forever. Can I tell you this? If you want to waste your life, God will allow you to waste your life. And we can waste our lives in a lot of ways by chasing after everything in the world except God, chasing after everything in the world, money, a good job. We can try to give our kids stuff. We can try to give our kids a better life than what we had. But at the end of the day, they don't need a better life. They need you to give them Jesus. They need you to give them a Christian home. They need you to give them a home that teaches them values and teaches them how to live their life for Christ. And that's the bottom line in all this. What are you going to do with your life? At the end of your life, 
the only thing that's going to matter, like I said earlier, is going to be the, the legacy that you leave behind. And the only way that you leave a legacy behind is concentrating on the things that matter, not trying to give them more stuff or trying to give them an easier life than what you had. We've spent entire generations trying to give kids an easier life than what we had, and what has it done for them? It's just made it, it's just made it worse. They don't need an easier life. They need a good legacy and a godly life passed down to them. You're here this morning and you say, Brother Mark, uh, I'm not in a good relationship with the Lord. If I were to die right now, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I don't know if I'd go to hell. I don't even know really what I, what I believe in. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I used to live for the Lord. I gave my heart to him when I was a kid, but I've, I've wandered far away from him. Guess what? The Lord is always there. He's always waiting with his arms open wide. I can't think of a better day than Mother's Day to recommit yourself to him or commit yourself to him for the very first time. Now, I would never want to embarrass you, but I do want to give you the opportunity. If you're not sure where your relationship with the Lord is, you can pray this prayer because he is always as close as a prayer way. So just pray this prayer with me and just say it in your heart and in your mind. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, uh, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, I just ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins and save me. Now today, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, if whether it was for the first time or whether it was a prayer of recommitment, uh, I, I would never embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. Would you just let me know how to pray for you by just lifting a hand up? you prayed that prayer with me just a moment ago anybody thank you thank you anyone say that as a prayer of recommitment today raise your hand thank you thank you we're going to have a song of invitation and you prayed that prayer I'm going to ask you to come forward and just tell either brother Martin or myself brother Martin's going to be on one side of the stage I'm going to be on the other you need somebody to just pray over you uh, we would love to do that you can see brother martin or myself the altar is going to be open if you just want to come and pray and do business with god right here at the altar father i pray that you'd have your will in your way uh, lord if somebody needs to join the church if somebody needs to get saved if somebody needs to recommit themselves to you i just pray that you give them the boldness and the courage to do that today in jesus name Amen. Let's all stand if you would. Uh, the altar's open. If you need somebody to pray with you, Brother Martin's over there. I'll be over here. If you need to join the church, whatever you need to do today, you come forward as we sing. Just as I am without one plea, that blood was
Let's sing that first verse together. Just as I Amen. If you would, you may be seated. I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to end a little bit different today. If you're a mom or grandma or great-grandma, any of, the, any of those things you apply, would you come forward and stand right here if you would? We want to end by giving you guys a gift and by praying over you guys. So moms, grandmoms, great-grandmas, come stand across the front here. And um, we are so honored to have you guys in this Man, look at this good group of moms here. Brother Nelson, come on. Brother Nelson's got a little gift, just a small gift from us. And uh, we want to honor y'all and pray over y'all today. Make sure we get everybody. Man, this is a good crew, isn't it? Amen. All right. Now, everybody else, I think we first of all need to give them a big round of applause. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, go go ahead and uh, hand those out, brother. I'm going to talk over them just a moment, and then we're going to pray for everybody, all right? And what I'd like for you to do, uh, I believe you would t uh, agree with me that all of these women are special, amen? Uh, they are special in your lives and in my life, and uh, they do things as moms that uh, that none of us, the rest of us, would, uh, would have the gumption to do. That's an old Southern word, isn't it? The gumption, amen? Uh, but it's like, it's like I said, moms are the ones that get up when everybody in the house is sick. They're the ones that do for everybody else at the sacrifice of themselves. And thank God we, uh, we do all that, amen? I hope we got enough gifts for everybody. It's a good crowd here, amen? So uh, if we don't, I'll, I'll, I'll get one to you later, all right? Uh, but I want to ask uh, all of the, the family members and the men, uh, if I could get you to do this, uh, we're going to close this way. Uh, in the Bible, when they blessed people, they would always come and lay hands on them, all right? And uh, so I want you to come uh, find your mom or your spouse or whoever you'd like to pray with and come. Uh, let's, we want to bless them and pray a prayer of blessing over them. So if you'll come and stand with your, your mom or your spouse or uh, whoever... God leads you to. If you don't have anybody, just pick somebody else. Don't have have anybody. All right.
Miss Barbara, I'll be yours, okay? Is that okay? <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, we want a legacy of love, and that's what we're trying to. Uh, we're trying to have a legacy and an atmosphere of love in this place today. Amen. So I know your hearts are full, and let's pray a prayer blessing over all these ladies. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for every one of these moms, grandmas, great-grandmas. Thank you for what they mean in our lives. Thank you for the sacrifices that they make. Thank you for the legacies that we represent that are left, left behind from them, God. And thank you for them being a godly example and setting the example for us. And God, I just pray that you bless them beyond measure. I pray that your face would shine upon them, that they would be blessed, and that, God, they would continue to be a blessing. I pray that today they would feel more loved and more accepted and uh, more joyful than they have in a long, long time. And may we just lavish that love on them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Have a great Mother's Day. Amen.